Okay. Um, the baskets are on the table, and I'm not sure what they're for. Does Pastor just decide, or I thought it's usually a team collaborative effort. Well, usually Lindsay announces it, so um, we'll just say it's for the Siberian Lutherans. Let's let's do that, huh? Okay. Um, Siberian Lutherans. Unless it was announced last week what the baskets are for. If not, I'll... Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Lindsay, what is it? Hey, all right, Siberian Lutherans. Okay, great, excellent. So please do take your time to uh, fill that all up. Um, let's say a quick prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, you are the great shepherd of your sheep. And you bless your church with faithful pastors and bishops and faithful people of the flock. Bless each one of them as they carry out their offices in faithfulness to you and in service to the world. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, before Bishop Licken comes in, I want to spend just five minutes. I think the cat was let out of the bag maybe back in October where Pastor Bruzek mentioned the word sabbatical and Pastor Nelson. Um, so we're going to officially make sure the cat's out of the bag today. So, um, all right, uh, Pastor Nelson, well, last year, fall of 2015, Pastor Bruzek went on a pastoral sabbatical. And as a result of that, St. John created St. John uh, uh, pa- uh, sabbatical policies, and that was passed this last spring. Now, the policies... Uh, I, I, uh, after 10 years, the pastor is eligible to uh, apply for a uh, sabbatical, communicating with the uh, pastoral staff, elders, governing board, and Pastor Nelson's done all that. And so uh, just kind of announce kind of my intentions to take a sabbatical. Now, first of all, what is a sabbatical? A sabbatical is a period of time when pastor and congregations set aside the pastor's normal responsibilities. I'm getting old, by the way. I have to have this a lot closer to my eyes. I'm 40 now. Pastors and congregations set aside the pastoral's normal responsibilities for the purpose of rest and renewal towards sustained excellence in ministry. A sabbatical is not an extended vacation, nor it's an academic sabbatical that normally involves extensive study. It's a, actually a release from the routine of the call for the physical, emotional, spiritual, and intellectual well-being of the pastor. So... Um, you know, some of the benefits that we're hoping to get out of this, obviously, is to enliven my own pastoral care for the next 10 years after that. Um, I think when Pastor Bruzek went on a sabbatical, many people had a question about the status of kind of how Pastor Bruzek was. Things are great at St. John. We love being your pastors. I can't, we can't say it enough. So uh, a pastoral sabbatical, though, is really intended to enliven the pastor's work for the long term. So I think uh, sometimes people uh, get nervous when they hear sabbatical and think there's something wrong and maybe the pastor is going to leave. That's the exact opposite of what's happening. Is we uh, are discussing sabbaticals really to be your, your pastors till, till we die. So, um, or the Lord comes back, whatever, whatever's first. Or, uh, you know, one of these days 
we'll just forget how to get here and you'll have to find us. <laughs> so, whatever, there are a variety of reasons, but we're not, we're not intending to leave you at any time. So it's really a time to enliven and enrich the work of the pastors for the long term. So what is uh, Pastor Nelson thinking about in terms of a sabbatical? And it's, it's really a, uh, a, pass, uh, a pilgrimage of pastoral care. What, when would the pastor do this? This would be summer of 2018, so it's not just around the corner or anything. Summer of 2018. And the pilgrimage of pastoral care, there's going to be some main components. One is, is reading. Uh, on a pilgrimage, you can go by yourself or you can go with companions. Pastor Nelson will be traveling with companions. Um, and the form of these companions will be authors from Gregory the Great to Henry Nowen, um, novels and theological textbooks. That will happen over the summer of 2018. But uh, one of the main components of the pilgrimage is actually traveling. And what Pastor Nelson would like to do, what I would uh, like to do, is travel to meet with Lutheran bishops in Siberia. This guy. Um, and then the Estonian, Latvian, and Lithuanian Lutheran churches. Why? Well, everyone needs a pastor, uh, including pastors. And the bishop's main role is to be a pastor of pastors in all forms. Will it be pastoral care, pastoral discipline, um, it, it is uh, it's something really devoted to the health of the con- uh, congregations. Uh, bishops are, are not administrators. And so they have a very pastoral character to their work. And I would love to learn from that. So, uh, we, uh, so the idea is making these trips to Siberia uh, by myself for Siberia based on the bishop's recommendation, and then Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, um, bringing my family with me. So, uh, but anyways, it's really learning how to be a pastor from, from pastors who are pastors of pastors. The word, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the word pastor can be used in a noun form and a verbal form, okay? And sometimes adverbal and adjecti- adjectival too. So, the word pastor gets thrown a lot, a lot. How, does, how would Pastor Nelson, how is pastor going to do this? It is through a clergy renewal grant by the Lilly Foundation. It is, uh, it's a grant that you apply for, um, and, and they actually pay for the sabbatical. So there's, there's no economic cost on the congregation. Uh, so the, how that happens is um, uh, we've actually created a sabbatical team here at St. John. After discussing with the pastors and the elders, uh, we created a sabbatical team, and that's made up of uh, four people, uh, uh, Sandy and, and Ted Kahn over here, Eric Hauenstein over here, and, and Julie Nyquist, who, who's not here this morning. And we've met a few times. We've gone over the application. We are in, still in the writing process, and we hope to submit the application in March. We will hear back from the Lilly Foundation in August. And if the Lilly Foundation says no to that, then uh, we'll, we'll have to just rethink things and think about there's, there's plan Bs. Um, but 
if we do receive that, then in August there will be an update and we'll, we'll kind of flush out more about what happens in the sabbatical. So, um, so right now, if, if uh, I'm just asking you guys to pray for the sabbatical team, for the congregation, for the pastors, because, again, I think the, the sabbatical process for the sabbatical team especially, and for, and for me too specifically, um, it's, been a, it's been a really great process to, first of all, think about each other in a very intentional way. Of course, life gets busy, we, uh, especially when things are going really well. We don't really think about things because they just kind of happen. Um, but having this sabbatical process has been a, a wonderful experience to really intentionally think about how pastors care for the people and people care for pastors and how pastors care for one another. And it, it's been a really great opportunity. So, Anyway, so, so uh, this, is, uh, this is it. Uh, so if you hear things about Pastor Nelson's sabbatical, this is kind of synopsis. Summer 2018, pilgrimage of pastoral care. Uh, that means, kind of, uh, just practically speaking, Pastor Nelson's kind of last Sunday would be Memorial Day, or that weekend, 2018, and my first weekend back would be Labor Day. That's, I mean, essentially, that's exactly the, the amount of weeks. Um, so I, I wouldn't be around. You wouldn't see me for a little while. So, But um, if, if the grant is uh, approved, we'll find out a lot more information about how we're going to stay. Actually, uh, there's a process of staying in contact uh, or in, informed of one another during the sabbatical. Um, and then there's a whole other follow-up process and a whole uh, 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 things that the congregation will do or get to experience while the pastor is gone itself. So it's a, like I said in the definition, it's a time for pastor and congregations to uh, take, some, take some, some intentional time to think about caring for one another. So a- any quick questions, because we want to hear from the bishop, but any, any quick questions about anything? Carol? Absolutely, yeah. So that will, that will be definitely, but long story short, Summertime is a great time for this um, because the main responsibilities will be covered by the pastoral staff and, and certain lay people. Um, preaching, teaching, visitation, funerals, and weddings in the summertime, all three pastors already do that. They're going to do more of those. Um, and then as far as some of my teaching responsibilities, Pastor Bukes, Val, and Gretchen will be taking on a little bit more for, especially in the summertime, the early Lord's Supper class that I teach. And then there's a few other odds and ends. But that, that's kind of basically it. Yep. Well, it, it, again, if the grant is approved, we'll see a lot more detail. We'll actually hopefully try to bring in some guest pastors during the summertime, too, to, to help out the pastoral staff here. So, um, yeah. Any, any other questions? That's right. Uh, why, why do we have to talk about it now? Well, because we're applying for a grant, and the grant's deadline is April 2017. Um, and we want to make sure that everyone knows about it before we apply for it, because, um, well, I mean, the, the guy who started this is Dr. John Kleinig, so you can blame him. <laughs> when he came and talked to me and Pastor Bukes about Pastor Bruzik, that got the ball rolling. And I, it, was a, it was a good experience, I think, for a lot of us, too, to consider the fact that we love, we love our pastors, um, 
But like in any relationship, right? You got you got to be intentional about showing your love. I mean, you know, I mean, husbands and wives know what this is like when, you know, you love each other a lot, but when's the last time you've been on a date, right? So you got to take time. You got to take time. You got to do it. So, anyways, Krista, uh, yes, even though it's a long ways away, we're gonna kind of start talking about this now so that everybody is is aware of things. Um, but the main instigator is the application process itself. Uh, the reason, the timeline. Any other questions? All right. Before before Bishop comes up, I think there were uh, Christianity Today articles. All right. David Zoll, our men's retreat speaker, wrote this. So if you're interested in figuring out who, uh, what's going on with David Zoll, please take this with you. There's more copies if, if you need them. Um, but it's going to be a great opportunity. So men, sign up for the men's retreat. Go on the website. Go downstairs in the receptionist desk. Talk to us pastors or talk to one another, and somehow your name will get signed up. But it would be great if you did it yourself. Okay, great. All right, Bishop, uh, I'm going to switch computers, but you can uh, go ahead and get started. Hello again. So I, I hope you understand my funny English. And um, Father Marcos asked me to tell you about bishops. And of course, I, it is a big joy for me to speak about bishops because I, I am. And do you remember in today's gospel, uh, St. John the Baptist named uh, Jesus as, as Lamb of God. But if you also remember the uh, Gospel of Matthew, uh, Jesus, uh, when he called apostles, it is in, in the Gospel of Matthew 10 chapter, he said, I sent you as lambs. And it means that uh, apostles, they very like uh, small uh, small Christs, like, because uh, he is Lamb of God and apostles were also lambs. And it is natural and understandable because word, a word that apostles said, uh, it, it was not their own human word, but it was word of uh, very God. Uh, if you continue to read uh, Gospel of Matthew 10th chapter, it is written there uh, um, uh, that uh, Christ said that if so, uh, um, Please forgive me for my poor translation when I translate a uh, text of gospel from Russian into English. Uh, so uh, he said that who listens you, he listens me, and who denies uh, you, denies me. It is, uh, we can compare it with uh, the similar situation uh, when uh, God sent Moses to a pharaoh. If you remember that story, uh, God said that, uh, that Moses will be as God to Pharaoh, small God, let's say. It is also understandable because Moses, when he came to Pharaoh, he uh, said him not his own words, but God's word. And apostles, when Christ sent them uh, to, uh, to bring his word to the nations, they became as small Christs for people. Because words... Uh, which they say, by which they forgive sins, and words uh, that by which they uh, turn it, uh, uh, bread and wine into body and blood of Christ, were not human words, but God's word. Uh, church is continue, uh, continuous. 
she is not uh, she did not have any stop in her history i remember one of my uh, baptist uh, friends uh, said once that holy spirit uh, stopped to work uh, af- on this earth after the time of apostles and then he returned back after the reformation of course it it was totally stupid idea <laughs> and 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 uh, baptists uh, did not understand what they say because if a holy spirit flew out of this earth right after uh, um, the time of apostles for example why baptists have their bible uh, because it is church who decided what books in the bible are canonical books and if church decided it without holy spirit how so christians have a very strange human bible then but sometimes Lutherans also uh, have the same understanding as Baptists. Uh, I heard, for example, one professor in the Lutheran seminary here in America who said uh, that we have Bible, but, uh, but we do not care from where it is. It is not interesting for us, he said. And I, when I listened it, I thought that Maybe we look like Muslims because uh, Muslims, they believe that their Quran just jumped down from heaven on head of their prophet Muhammad. And it is very simple construction. No, Bible is part of uh, church tradition. So this is why every Sunday we say uh, in Nicene Creed that we believe in church, in the church. You remember, we believe in, in four uh, uh, how to say, we believe in, in four positions. We believe in God Father, God Son, God Holy Spirit, and Holy Apostolic Church. Uh, Christ said that hell, uh, gates of hell are not, uh, uh, how to say, destroy church. And, uh, and it, it was so. Uh, church kept God's word in her. And uh, Church kept uh, this uh, word uh, when still a uh, canonical uh, number of books of Bible were not, were not still, uh, how to say, instituted. Holy Spirit did not uh, go away. He continuously uh, stayed uh, in the church. If you remember how Luther uh, proves it in the large catechism, he says, for example, that in most dark uh, time of medieval, me- medieval time, uh, church still uh, continues to baptize. And it means that Holy Spirit continued to, to work inside of church. We can compare it with the story of presentation in the temple. Jesus said that once that bad teachers uh, moved uh, uh, the temple uh, into... Com- let's say, community of thieves. Uh, sorry for this poor translation. But at the same time, in the same temple, uh, we meet uh, St. Simon and St. Anna who were, uh, let's say, fulfilled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, please forgive me for my poor English. Church is continue, continuing. She uh, is continuing from the beginning. And she has visible signs of such uh, continuity and most important of that science is the line of ordinations 
Lord um, called apostles, and they uh, became as small Christs. He input uh, his word in, in, into them, and he gave them the authority to forgive, uh, to forgive sins of men. Apostles became as first bishops. And you can uh, read about it, for example, in the first chapter of Acts, uh, verse 17. Uh, if you remember, it, it was a story about Judas Iscariot who, who died, but St. Peter said that let uh, his episcopacy to be taken by uh, an, another. So this is exactly as it is written in Greek text. So uh, apostles became first bishops, and they, through ordination, transferred this uh, authority to the next generation of bishops. Church uh, is apostolic because she keeps uh, continuous uh, succession of uh, ordinations and continuous succession of confession. One is not enough without another because uh, confession means uh, succession. Church is continuous. So I... I can give you some more details from scripture and for example the, the verse we recently uh, uh, how to say read uh, after the Christmas it is from 1 John 1 3 John said the, uh, what we saw and heard we proclaim to you that you can uh, be in communion with us and our communion is with God and his son Godfather and his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, a question. How can, we, uh, be, how can we have the same experience as apostles have? Because they saw and touched, and uh, they touched uh, Christ who, who rose from death. Uh, they took communion from his hands. But uh, do, did you notice that um, St. John said, we saw and heard, uh, and uh, we proclaim it to you, so you have uh, communion or maybe relation with us, and our relation is with uh, God, the Father, and his Son, Jesus Christ. So apostles, they uh, rela um, related to Christ, and we can relate with God only if we are in relations with apostles. So, if we are in apostolic church in which uh, authority of clergy to forgive sins and to conduct sacraments is uh, going uh, out of apostolic time. So uh, this is a salvistic uh, chain, Christ, apostles, and we. So uh, this is, this is uh, when we say about apostolic succession, so this is what, what we mean. Uh, and... Uh, uh, so why uh, it was common to say that it is no, there is no salvation outside of the church. Uh, because can we say better about apostolic succession than St. John just said? Apostles, they have relations with Christ. And we have relations of Christ because we are in relations with apostles. Uh, so... Uh, so there is no God where there is no church. Uh, of course, it, it firstly means that it is impossible to be saved 
when we are sitting home or if we believe in something that we like to believe in. Or it is, it is impossible to be saved just trying to be good. And it, but uh, it is impossible to be saved without church. It is not, uh, uh, how to say, it is not uh, uh, poor, limita- poor limitation. It, it is uh, uh, because the church was uh, created by God especially to save people. Uh, because when people listen apostolic word and receive holy sacraments, it is only a way how they can be saved. Uh, so uh, when we uh, take uh, holy gifts from the priests, we touch uh, Christ. We have God who can be touched. We can touch Christ uh, in the same uh, manner as apostles uh, touched him. Next, uh, you know, uh, so... Uh, it's it's almost coming. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> I, 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 there are some, you know, you know there are some pictures uh, just uh, to show you how apostle, uh, how, uh, apost- um, how bishops uh, looks like and uh, how ordination uh, looks like because recently I conducted the ordination of uh, a deacon and uh, and uh, uh, there is a different uh, type, uh, or say different orders of ordination of deacon and of a priest because uh, when uh, bishop ordains a priest, he invites uh, assistants, uh, assistants to also to lay his uh, hands. But when he, when bishops or, or when bishop ordains a deacon, he is doing it only by himself because traditionally deacons were uh, servants to bishops, so he, a bishop is doing it for himself. Uh, it is uh, historically so there are some pictures with this so you know I continue if to ask uh, the ordinary man uh, layman how he thinks church and Christianity uh, developed uh, usually people did not uh, think about clergy uh, about uh, priests it is because of uh, Protestant uh, influence on our brain Sometimes we think that uh, developing of church was uh, layman developing. Just people uh, walked somewhere and tell something and, 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 and so on. And we also are, uh, we Lutherans are often hostages of this idea. But uh, think about it. Can it be Christianity without the church? For example, uh, people who walked somewhere and they uh, uh, tell uh, about Jesus to people, but where they called uh, others, where they called others to come? Uh, uh, To their homes? No, to the church. Because only in the church it was possible to to receive uh, baptism. Only in the church it was possible to hear a word of forgiveness. Uh, that was uh, told uh, with God's authority. And only in the church it was possible to um, receive holy sacraments. But holy sacraments, uh, without uh, which they, uh, they cannot be. Sorry for my poor English. So uh, I can say uh, without whom? Uh, without whom? Uh, Sacraments are impossible without clergymen, of course. You know, uh, 
several years ago in one of our parishes, uh, two laymen, they organized a kind of schism. Of course, it was a very small schism. And uh, they gone from uh, uh, the church and they organized their own church. They were Pentecostals before they were converted into Lutheranism, but I think they continued to be Pentecostals. So they named themselves as priests. They created their own altar, and they began to serve uh, Holy Mass. Uh, and they, uh, they tried to explain me why they can uh, serve the Eucharist. They said, if we will take uh, bread and wine, and pray from all our hearts. Uh, God will hear you. We, we, God will hear us, and He will turn uh, bread and wine into His body and blood. I said, naturally, no, of course, no, because you can cry as loudly as you can, but uh, bread and wine will still continue ordinary bread and ordinary wine. And words of forgiveness that you say to your uh, parishioners will be only good wishings. In Augsburg Confession, chapter 14, it is written that uh, we teach about uh, church ministry that nobody in the church cannot publicly teach or preach or uh, conduct sacraments if he is not rightly called. And, and also think how this uh, verse can be understood at 16th century when Augsburg Confession was written. They didn't know any kind of ordination except of ordination through bishops. So, uh, 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 14 uh, chapter of uh, Augsburg Confession said that uh, if uh, a person is not rightly ordained, all, uh, let's say, his uh, uh, how to say, all he is doing uh, will be only, uh, if to speak positively, drama. But if to speak realistically, this drama is, uh, is very bad because it brings uh, death to participants of this drama because some of them are uh, trusting to the actors. Uh, and uh, But... Uh, at the same time, their sins are still not forgiven. Sometimes people like to be thieves. They like to take what they cannot have. So, But uh, God does not play, play such games. So why he created church for salvation of people and why he gave priests to this church? Well, and... Uh, now, uh, I, I still have many pages, but uh, <laughs> uh, just I, I will tell you that uh, uh, Scripture gives us a lot of uh, uh, examples uh, how church is organized. And Scripture uh, uh, rightly teach us about uh, levels of priesthood, about deacons and uh, presbyters and about uh, bishops. Uh, and especially if you read uh, uh, messages of St. Paul to Timothy and to Titus, you can f see that these messages are uh, speaking about, about clergy. They uh, show the special role of clergy in the church. 
special does not mean that we are kings, of course. Uh, sometimes uh, people, uh, some people, especially some uh, pro- Protestants, they say, oh, you are uh, so uh, clericalistic, your priests took all power in the church. But the answer is, we did not took power in the church from laymen, because laymen never had such power. There is no, there is never in the scripture when, for example, laymen make anybody as priests. How sheep can make uh, one of sheep as uh, one of sheep as shepherd? So uh, we never had any example in scripture uh, how, uh, for example, that uh, priests uh, bec- become priests uh, because of uh, elections, let's say, or. Uh, kind of this, or uh, so. I think um, a, a problem of Lutheran, cho- of some Lutheran, some parts of Lutheranism uh, is that uh, terms are uh, mixed. For example, when uh, uh, our confessional books say about church, what they mean? So, so uh, because of some teachers, and especially here in America, uh, they replaced the, the term church with uh, a term layman. But church, if you look down in, uh, through centuries, you may see, for example, how ecumenical councils were organized. How many laymen participate in ecumenical councils? Zero. Bishops and their deacons. Bishops uh, discussed about some theological issues. Deacons sometimes beat each other. Well, uh, they are deacons. Uh, so, uh, but uh, uh, but uh, it does not mean that uh, clergymen are kings in the church. No, of course no. We are servants uh, to you. And this is why uh, Christ uh, gave us the authority to forgive sins because he sent us to serve uh, to to laymen, because it is only our goal of our life uh, to bring salvation uh, to people. So it is not uh, uh, how to say domination, but uh, but it is humble uh, service. Uh, of course, uh, sometimes uh, uh, priests are bad, let's say, or they are lazy and and so on. But uh, anyway. Uh, it is to priests uh, God gave uh, this authority. At, at the very end, uh, it was from the beginning. Uh, if you remember Old Testament, in Old Testament, God uh, chose a special uh, people to be priests in his uh, temple. And it was, uh, uh, it was also a succession of such ministry, but it was a succession by, uh, how to say in English, uh, by, by blood, it was uh, like relatives, you know, you know, sorry for my poor English. So, uh, and nobody can serve in the temple except th- these people. And uh, it was not any ele- ele- elections, uh, you know, and, uh, but sometimes we see in Old Testament that there, there are some uh, kind of revolution against clergymen, for example, in uh, uh, num- in Book of Numbers, we saw it a couple of times, like, for example, in Book of Numbers, uh, chapter 16, when uh, all, uh, uh, how to say, 
uh, all community comes against Moses and Aaron and said, uh, please stop, all community, all our saints, uh, why you are, uh, why you put yourself over uh, the people of, of, uh, of, of Israel? And uh, it is interesting that Lutherans sometimes are, have the same view on uh, holy ministry, and they think about they uh, think about uh, uh, priesthood of all believers. I don't know if you heard such term. It is it is strange that some people think that it is Lutheran idea. It was never in in Lutheranism. How can how all people can be how everybody can be priests? It, it, it is possible among uh, Pentecostals, uh, probably, but not about a uh, church that keeps uh, the tradition. Uh, but let me uh, point that this, uh, uh, that you can never meet such term as priesthood of, of all believers in our confessional books. And, and people who can who want to discuss about it, he will discuss not with humans, but with God, because it was God who instituted holy ministry and in Old Testament and in New Testament. And uh, New Testament uh, 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 ministry is different from Old Testament because succession is not going by, by, by blood, by, uh, through one relative to another relative. But uh, it goes uh, through uh, succession of ordination. And let me say that uh, what ordination is, the simplest uh, uh, definition what ordination is, is that ordination is transferring of apostolic succession. So it is, it is so simple and so understandable because why we are to forgive sins? Because we received this right from apostles. So God gave such... Uh, authority to his apostles. Apostles transferred it to the first generation of bishops and bishops to next generation of bishops. And so it came to our time, the time where, where we live. So this, it means that church is uh, continuous. So uh, I, can, I can, maybe I can stop right here. Uh, yeah, yes, and, and I can show, show you some. Yeah, this picture is uh, this, this consecration of bishop. Uh, it is uh, for, uh, for consecration of bishop, uh, we need at least three bishops to come together. So there are two more bishops uh, on this uh, consecration. You can't see one. Ah, ah, yeah, yes, yes. It was it. Uh, there are uh, bishop. Huh? Who, who's the guy kneeling down? Let me. Who is this man? Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, probably I know him. So uh, there are there are you know there are bishops from three uh, Baltic uh, Lutheran churches. Uh, so. Uh, so three, three of them are uh, the bishops of Evangelical Lutheran Church of Estonia. One of them, he is, uh, uh, how to say, he was right now, he is retired. He, was, he is bishop who is, uh, who is ruling, and, and one of bishops, he, one bishop is bishop uh, who is retired, and second is bishop of Tallinn. Tallinn is Estonian capital city. 
and two more bishops are uh, bishop of Latvia and bishop of Lithuania. So this is uh, this is the first uh, Eucharist uh, right after the uh, the ordination because uh, this is what bishop uh, are doing. They are uh, serving Eucharist. And this is the ordination uh, of deacon into priesthood. As I said already, uh, church traditionally has uh, three levels of priesthood from, from her beginning. So uh, this man, uh, uh, so let, let's say that uh, a candidate is firstly to be ordained as deacon. Of course, right now, uh, at our time, deacons are not servants to bishops anymore. But mostly they are servants to parish pastors. So they are helping uh, pastors uh, to serve. Uh, Bishop can uh, preach, but he does not have uh, rights to to conduct the the Eucharist. So and Bishop cannot uh, uh, speak. Deacons, sorry, sorry, excuse me. And uh, deacons cannot speak on on behalf of uh, of church. So deacon cannot conduct uh, confirmation, for example. So, uh, and uh, for church, it is important that, uh, firstly, person is to serve, uh, man is to serve as deacon, because then also church can uh, observe how he is uh, serving. Because for uh, because I think uh, for church, uh, I remember my bishop uh, told me once that the, the biggest problem church has is that there are, priests uh, in, in her who must not be priests. So it is good when uh, a candidate serves for several years as a deacon, and then a church uh, decides if he is worthy to be ordained as, as priest. Uh, when I say church decides, I mean uh, clergymen. Uh, we, are, we are clericalistic uh, people. So... Uh, so it was such the ordination, and there are some pictures after this ordination also. And this was the ordination of laymen into uh, into deaconship. It happened at the second uh, Sunday of Advent, so one month ago. For it, it was on the same parish, and you may see that uh, when bishop ordains a deacon, he is doing it without assistance assistance so because traditionally he is doing it for for himself uh, so and you can see that uh, deacons they have a spe- they wear stall in in this uh, in this way so not like uh, priests we we are using such terms uh, in in russian language we do not use such word as pastor because in Russian language, if you say pastor, it means uh, Baptist or Pentecostal. Uh, so, and we use this term as priest. And it is also good because priests are people who are uh, serving uh, with with Christ's sacrifice. Uh, so, so. Uh, Any questions, brother? Yeah, yeah, again, please forgive me for my poor English. I try to explain, but sometimes uh, my language is too uh, too small. Like, how did that happen from Catholicism to Lutheranism? Like, did a Catholic priest ordain, like, the first Lutheran priest? Mm-hmm. 
well, oh, yes, yes, but in, in reality, in, it was very simple. In in uh, in uh, Nordic countries, and especially in Sweden, uh, the the king just gave uh, such direction to Catholic bishops to become Lutheran bishops. So they just uh, became Lutheran bishops. It was it was simple. In in, in situation in Germany was uh, uh, more complicated, but. I can tell you my, my personal view on this situation. Uh, in, in Germany, uh, reformers, reformers, they uh, looked for bishops to ordain their candidates. And when they did not find candidates, they uh, began to give ordinations by themselves. Uh, it, it happened in Germany. And in my view, it was a huge mistake. Because, uh, you know, they just... Uh, uh, how to say? It was uh, it, firstly a uh, little bit later, after the Reformation, at the end of sixteenth century, when Thirty Years' War began in Germany. Uh, German Lutherans called uh, for uh, called uh, uh, Swedish king to help with soldiers. Why not to call uh, Swedish king to help with bishops? Of course, uh, we cannot uh, judge the history, but uh, a big problem in Germany was that when uh, they began to ordain uh, new candidates without bishops, finally authority was moved out of church. Who, ha who have authority in the church in, uh, in Germany? Professors, not, uh, not, uh, not bishops. And so it, of course, Step by step, it moved church into liberal theology, finally. So because, because uh, if professors have authority, so it is, it is dangerous for church. And church authority must be, uh, how to say, uh, given to, to, to bishops. All right, well, we've uh, we got to get to church at 11 o'clock, so thank you very much, Bishop. Let's uh, close in prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day the bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, thank you very much.